come. Cheer up, my lads, it's the glory we steer. With heads bearing high, we will banish all fear. No one now we call you a free man, not slave. Free man! Who are more free than the sons of the Welcome to the wonderful world of Disney Plus. This week we are four brothers, a dad, and a very special guest who we'll introduce in just a second. Uh, but we're going to be talking about another Disney movie classic, Blackbeard's Ghost. Uh, but before we start, my name's Ben. I'm Sam. I'm Ike. I'm Abe. And I'm the dad. All right, so I'm going to pass it over to Dad to introduce our awesome guest. Okay, before I introduce him, though, I just kind of give a little maybe background to to what we're going to be talking about tonight or today. Um, this, you, you know, one of the things I love about Disney Plus is finally they're putting on those those movies that maybe that were a little harder to get a hold of. I remember the movie that we're talking about tonight, and that's Blackbeard's Ghost. Uh, I think the first copy I got, I got it down of our local library, and uh, I showed it to all the kids. And uh, like all the other Disney classics at that time, it was just magic. And so I was, we were thinking about do, doing this one anyway, and I happened to do a little research and I found that uh, Hank Jones, uh, who is our special guest today, who played Gudger Larkin is, uh, is still around. And uh, I contacted him, he contacted me right back. And I thought, this is gonna be awesome. But uh, Hank, it is a pleasure to have you on. And just, I was just shocked. I mean, you were on My Three Sons, The Jeffersons, The Love Boat, Mork and Mindy, and of course, and several other Disney classics. But this uh, wonderful Disney classic uh, where you play the scrawny shot putter and team captor, captain for Godolphin, uh, Blackbeard's Ghost. So welcome to the show, Hank. Thank you very much, Todd. It's really neat to be here. Well, I'll tell you, you have some Disney nerds, and there are a lot of Disney nerds out there. Um, but, uh, I guess we're just, we're not going to do a little chit chat. We're going to dive right in. So how did you get to this point where you're a part of this amazing Disney classic? How'd you get the job? I was a weird kid of about eight years old when I started putting up in shows for my neighborhood pals and the hand bone was early. And, uh, then, uh, I started in high school. We had a rock band, a garage band called Hank Jones and the White Bucks. And we got very big in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we started uh, writing our own music. And uh, every I went to Stanford and starting in 1958. And every summer I'd go down to LA trying to pitch uh, de some demo records and the songs I wrote. Every summer did it, and uh, finally landed in 1961 on RCA Victor Records. And as a matter of fact, I was signed by uh, Steve Scholes who was the guy that signed Elvis Presley wow. uh, from Sun Records uh, in Memphis. And wow. uh, which was a treat for me too, because later on, little did I know, my first movie would be made with Elvis mm. in 1964, no, 64, yeah, uh, Girl Happy, just a, a small little part in that. Anyway, uh, then uh, I did a lot of, oh God, I was in all the, the sitcoms pretty much in the early 60s, late 60s into the early 70s, uh, the, um, the first one I did was something called Day in Court, and I had one line in it, and I was supposed to yell, you're nothing but a bunch a bunch of vultures, and I yelled out on live television, you're nothing but a bunch of vultures. So that was my beginning. <laughs> and uh, then I started working, uh, luckily, I, I, I also with my singing partner, Dean Kay, we uh, were on the Ernie Ford show. There was a guy named Tennessee Ernie Ford. He was very mm -hmm. big in the early 60s. He's had a record called 16 Tons still the fastest selling right. record in history. And uh, we were on his show every day, all across America, and we learned, we learned. It was the greatest education. And we would, uh, they would use me not only singing, but also as an uh, come comedy bits on the show, working whoever the guests were. And we had Bob Hope, we had uh, Patsy Cline, if you remember Patsy mm -hmm. Cline, a wonderful country singer, Minnie Pearl, one of my favorite people, but it was a great education. Then my singing partner, Dean, got drafted. And what are you going to do with half of a singing team? <laughs> so luckily, Ernie's agent was um, Fred McMurray's agent. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got on My Three Sons. And I played, if you know the show, I played the middle son. His name was Don Grady. He played Robbie on the show. I was mm -hmm. his best friend. But I was 26 years old. 
And luckily I looked young, so I was playing a 16 year old and it was cheaper for them to employ somebody over 18 so they didn't have to worry about schooling for really? So I made my living playing 16 year olds when I was uh, 26. And uh, that was a great show. I worked with both of the uncles, with William Frawley, who was Fred Mertz mm -hmm. and I love Lucy. Mm -hmm. We shot it on the Desilu lot. And I see Lucy every morning with her hair in pin curls with a cigarette dangling out of her mouth, swearing, <laughs> get the F out of the way. I'm in my father <laughs> court. So it was, a, it was a great beginning that way. Am I talking too much about no, the background? No, no, no keep it's going, great. Keep going. Okay. Then, uh, then I did uh, oh, lots of shows. I was a regular on Patty Duke's show where she played the twins. Uh, I, I did the pilot of Mork and Mindy with Robin Williams and somehow <laughs> survived. Wow. Um, let's see, Mod Squad, Emergency. I guess my most interesting role uh, was playing Ringo Starr's twin brother in a version of Prince of the Pauper by Mark Twain. Wow. After five hours of makeup every day, you couldn't uh, tell us apart. Hmm, so for a wow. month, I got to be a Beatle. Wow. And it was a great way to meet girls. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And that hmm. was but then um, I did a, move, a lot of movies um, early on. Village of the Giants was one. Don't ever rent it. It was once voted one of the 50 worst films of all time. <laughs> so does it have a cult following at this point then? Because oh, a lot yes. of those have come back around. <laughs> it yeah. does. And Ronnie Howard was, was in it when oh. he was still Ronnie instead of Ron. Yeah. And okay. I, ran into, I ran into Ronnie about 10 years ago at a funeral for a mutual friend. And I went up and said, hey, Ron, Hank Jones for Village of the Giants. And he said, don't mention a word. <laughs> Hoping no one remembers, huh? <laughs> yes. It was funny because at the time I lived in Toluca Lake, too, in, in North Hollywood area. And we, we were Mayberry West because I lived in Toluca Lake. The next block was Andy Griffith. Ronnie Howard and Rance Howard and Clint Howard lived two blocks away. Mm. Uh, I mean, it was Mayberry. It was really a wonderful feeling to live there. That's neat. But anyway, so... Uh, I did a war movie called uh, Young Warriors at the Universal. And my agent pitched that, me in that movie, and it was a good part, to um, Disney because they wanted somebody who was kind of wimpy to play the head of the track team in this new movie with Peter Ustinov. And uh, they looked at the movie, and I, I, I remember I waited for about two weeks. And then um, I got a call from the studio that said, Walt just saw your movie. He loved it, he loved you and you're going to be Gudger Larkin in Blackbeard's Ghost. Mm. And so he cast me himself in the film. And uh, that was my beginning. And uh, after Blackbeard, I'm tearing up because it's such a special time. Mm. Um, I never had to audition at Disney again. Mm. They would say, Hank, you're right for this picture. They put me in big part, small part. Uh, in Herbie Rides Again, I played two parts. I played Sir Lancelot, the drag racer uh, in that one. And then the producer said, you know, we want you in something else in this picture. Can you, you mind a lot of makeup? I said, no. So then I was a surfer surfing with turf feet with uh, Herbie in, in that sequence. And then I did Shaggy DA with uh, Dean Jones and Suzanne. Oh, that more later about them. Um, wonderful. And uh, Cat from Outer Space with McLean Stevenson. Mm -hmm. And uh, Family Band. And that was fun because I didn't couldn't dance for beans, but they gave me a choreographer. Me and Wally Cox and Richard Deacon had our own choreographer, so we would look like we could at least could dance in family band. <laughs> and uh, that was fun. And uh, Kurt Russell was the 16 in that, mm. and uh, he was one of the kids. And he was enamored with this chorus girl that had just come in from Vegas for her first acting job and dancing job. And uh, I saw the spark in his eye, and I saw the spark in her eye. It was about, she was about five years older, and that was Goldie Hawn. And that was where they met on the set of family. Wow. Well, that spark is still going. They're still going. <laughs> you better amazing? believe it, kids and all. Uh, Kurt and Ronnie, by the way, Ronnie Howard and Kurt Russell, are about the only two kid actors I've worked with that turned out just to be super people. Mm. Not that the others weren't, right. but the pressures of being a kid actor. I would never have a kid of mine, literally a kid, be a, an actor. Mm. Yeah, I can't they're, imagine. They're, they're meant to be adults and they're kids. Yeah. And it's mm. just some so many other times too, they're supporting the family, but that's, you know. That's really well, what was the first day, you know, like when you walked onto the Disney lot for maybe the first time, what was that like? I saw the guard and he looked familiar and I couldn't figure out why, because I had never worked there before. And then it dawned on me, he had a sad, sorrowful face. And he, they used his face, the guard at the gate, 
for one of the Basset Hounds and Lady in the Tramp. <laughs> <laughs> when the animators That's did awesome. it. All right. And huh. so I walked on and um, I felt like I was at summer camp. Hmm. I can't, I worked at, I worked at so many other studios, other places. They were fine, uh, nice, nice people, but Disney was special. And I guarantee you, you will hear that from anybody who worked at Disney a lot. There was mm. something about there. You were working mm. with artists. You were working, but they weren't prima donnas. Everybody cared about everybody else. Everybody was proud of what they were doing. And it had the best commissary in town. And the trick was not to eat too much at lunch because your afternoon scenes, you couldn't remember your lines and be too fat. Would look like. <laughs> so well, anyway, go ahead. No, I was wondering, you know, so you mentioned all these different actors and, and we were even talking before that basically feels like the entire cast of the Dick Van Dyke show almost was in this movie and all these other movies, you oh. know, at this time. Yeah. You know, is it just because you know, all know each other and Disney liked working with, you know, the studio liked working with these actors that they always keep reappearing in the same shows? Is it, you know, what's that was the, that yeah, was the policy of the studio yeah. somehow? I was blessed. They like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go into that later about Blackbeard, but they like what I did and everybody became family. Yeah. And so you knew the crew, you knew everybody. I worked for, Bill Walsh and Robert Stevenson. Bill was a producer. Robert was a director, and uh, in several films. And and one I remember one morning I was sleeping in bed about six in the morning, and the phone rang, and and it was uh, Disney calling. I said Hank, the guy that we cast for this movie didn't show up. Can you get here in a half hour? <laughs> so I did. And wow. within, within about uh, an hour and a half, I was doing takes with. Uh, uh, a chimp in an elevator in the barefoot exam. <laughs> uh, wow. And with Kurt again, with Kurt Russell again, he was now, instead of being 16, he was whatever he was, 20, 21 or something in mm. that. But it was that kind of a, fa a family thing. And uh, the, about the first day, the first take, see, I was a singer. I was mm. on Ernie Ford's Every Day Around yeah. America and recording an RCA, but I was doing comedy on the Ford show. So I didn't know much, of, and I, this was big leagues. Disney was big leagues. So my first take, I was scared as hell. And um, I did it. It was, if you know the movie, it's a scene in the inn where Dean and I, after a long drive, we set up a movie really in the car and we drive to the inn. I'm at the inn, I'm walking in and Deacon comes in, Deacon, Richard Deacon. Let's be his soul. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and did the scene with him. And it went, I thought it went well. I didn't forget my lines. Mm -hmm. And I went over to the chair, my canvas back chair and I was sitting right next to Elsa Lanchester. And Elsa leaned over it to me. And she said, that was a very good scene. <laughs> and so... I can't tell you oh, yeah. what a welcoming, warm family feel that was to it. Mm -hmm. And then I, I wasn't nervous the rest. I've never been nervous at Disney ever since. Mm. Wow. I feel like it would be difficult around uh, Richard Deacon not to say like, "Hey, big blubber nose" or whatever, you know? Because that's oh, every time yeah. I see him, I just think of Buddy, you oh, know, yeah. and, and he, Dick. He Van was Dick. such a nice. He was such an. He was a, Deke was a, a, a gourmet chef, mm -hmm. and so you know he cooked these great dinners for friends, and um, he was an art collector, and of course he was doing the Van Dyke show too, yeah. and uh, on the lot too. Um, Dick was there. I forget he was doing. I, we had a, can we make a quick digression? Sure. One day on the Ernie Ford show in this Hawk segment, Ernie asked me on the air, who would you like to spend an hour in history with? And the girl singer said, Lincoln. And the announcer said, Jesus. And I said, Stan Laurel. <laughs> nice. I love Stan Laurel yeah. and the road comedies. So the show aired. And about a month later, after it aired, the phone rang and my, I picked it up. The voice said, is Hank Jones here? And I said, yes, this is Hank Jones speaking. This is Stan Laurel calling. Lincoln and Jesus weren't available. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that began our friendship. And Stan became my mentor. And wow. I was with him at his home That's amazing. a month before he died. Mm. And um, Dick, back to Dick, Dick was... Dick Van Dyke's mentor was Stan Laurel yeah. also. Mm -hmm. So when I would see Dick on the lot, we would talk Stan. That's super and By cool. the way, wow. at Stan Laurel's funeral, I will say this. My proudest moment in the business was at Stan's funeral. 
and Dick Dick gave a, a wonderful eulogy about Laura. I heard, I listened to it. It was on oh, YouTube. It broke your heart. Mm -hmm. And all the while in the on the funeral, I was sitting next to this little chap. He was kind of bald, little small man, and he was just wiping the tears away. So I walked out after the service, and the little fellow came up after me and started talking to me. And only then did I realize that I had been sitting next to Buster Keaton at mm, that Wow, funeral. goodness. Yeah. So anyway, back to the lot. Van Dyke was great. We would <laughs> see each other and with Deacon. And Deacon actually introduced me to Van Dyke, which was nice. Huh. Well, we so should I, say I, real just the, the overall everyone's thoughts, because, I mean, we've, you know, we're talking about Blackbeard's ghost. We I apparently had watched it before, but I didn't remember much until recently. And we, we always have talked about it. You know, I, I remember a lot of the other ones you were in, but it's like Shaggy D.A. is one of my favorites. But um, so maybe everyone can. Conway in that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. I uh, love Tim Conway. But uh, but just kind of our overall thoughts of the, the Blackbeard's Ghost, because, I mean, it, it is really, really, I would say, honestly, might be one of my favorite now of that that era. Um, but does anyone have any thoughts any real quick before uh, we go into some more questions here? Yeah, I mean, I just I I think it's one of the most entertaining and funny um, from kind of that era. I think uh i don't know if it's just the combination of peter ustinoff and dean jones um but just his take on kind of blackbeard i think is hysterical oh, yeah. i've worked with two geniuses i think peter and robin williams yeah. and they're both the same i mean in a sense they're both they had so many choices they could do uh, peter loved to do Im uh, impressions off camera but not of uh, people, but of MG sports cars. Oh, really? Would you like to hear a 57 or a 58 MG? Dude, such I mean, a things like that. specific just, skill. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah he does and, totally, uh, totally eat but the he was, scenery. He was, and he was very nice. Well, I'll, the, um, I'll, do you want to hear, I'll talk about the, the track scene because this is used enough what he did. Uh, in the track scene, this big track scene where I'm winning the race and I'm, I had to fly. And so I was using what they called the Mary Poppins wires, which I had a harness on and piano wire was attached from a higher harness to the flies above the soundstage so that I would be flying through the air to win the crack meet. And uh, the trouble was in, when Julie Andrews was doing Mary Poppins, she had these Victorian dresses on and there was no problem because they were cushioning the wires. Mm -hmm. When I was Dudger, the wire of my shoulders and my arms were bare. And so the piano wires were cutting into my, wow. my arms and um, I was bleeding all over Houston off down below me. Wow. <laughs> but then what happened was the only time that I've ever heard about in Disney history, I was the first anyway, I can tell you that. The wires unraveled from my harness and I fell oh. right on top of Peter Houston. Oh. Uh. And, and what I remember most about Peter Houston was not his talent, but his heart because all he cared about was me. And if mm. I'd broken my neck or what I, oh, how yeah. bad I was. And Bill Walsh rushed over, the producer said, oh, stop shooting, you won't do it. You won't we'll do it tomorrow. And I said, no, let's do it again, dumb <laughs> as I was. And so we did it 10 more takes. Wow. And, wow. Uh, and we did it. And what I couldn't say earlier is I think one of the reasons I kept go working at Disney is, is because I never sued him. <laughs> it's a reason you know <laughs> yeah. okay but, now i've got a real question because yeah. the scene where you all i mean the the relay race of course is classic yes. this is a great oh, yeah. great moment yeah. um but when you throw the shot put you yeah. you know i i guess you make that shot put look like it weighs 150 pounds it was was it was it heavy <laughs> I was, so, I mean, the reason I was, I don't think it's my talent. I will, I really, I was the before ad in the, in the muscle ads, you know, <laughs> and actually uh, Dick Warlock was my, was my, um, uh, you know, stand in, but I, mm. I, nobody was skinnier than me at the time. That's how I got out of the army in Vietnam. I was too, too skinny for my, for my height. So anyway, I had to, I did my own stunts and the trouble was I had to give the illusion that I could possibly win the race against all these athletes. Mm. And I had to have a massage between all the takes eventually because my legs, I mean, this, this was <laughs> tough work. Uh, and the guy that did the massaging and I was running against was Bill Toomey, who later won the decathlon at wow. the Olympics. 
Wow. wow. It's a little mismatch so, then. <laughs> yeah. Was this a now, real... Was the, oh, yeah, go ahead. go ahead, Dad. No, you asked the same question, I think. No, I was going to ask, hey, you know, like the, the, the track scene, were you at an outdoor track? Because it kind of has like a blacked out on the outside. And I didn't know if that was at an in-studio no, or... All- the, think of how you think of go back to the inn and think how wonderful that old inn in Blackbeard's mm-hmm. Inn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was all matte work. It was a set, but it was beautifully enhanced right. by the matte work of Peter Ellenshaw, mm-hmm. who was known for uh, how it makes things look. No, that was all interior. And what they, wow. the Disney artists did is they drew the people at the track, individual uh, illustrations of people on, on, a, on the wall. And then in front of those people, they put extras. Wow. And then at lunch one day, Elsa Lanchester, Elsa, you know, the bride of Frankenstein. Uh-huh. That's she was. And then Mary Poppins and all the rest. Right. Elsa loved to, she was very ribald in the best sense of the word. She had a, a real raunchy sense of humor. So she took the entire cast person by person in each painting and said something Really offensive. Not a deer, but it really was funny. And she was something sure. else. Wow. But um, she was. It was anyway. That's how they did it. It was all interior, and uh, but it was, and that way they could control it. And the other thing that I think your your listeners would be interested in, they may have heard this. They knew that Alfred Hitchcock did storyboards of everything, probably. Mm. He, he, did, he always said he didn't have to look at the movie being filmed because he'd already done it on a storyboard. Wow. Uh, Robert Stevenson and Bill Walsh storyboarded everything, as did every other live-action picture. So I knew what I was going to do by looking at a cartoon of me on a storyboard before I even did it. I knew the shot they were going to get. I knew how I would do it. It was all thought out. But then they left room for the improvisation and the heart and everything yeah. like that. Uh, I remember in the track scene, one thing I threw in just because in honor of Stan Laurel was as I'm running, all of a sudden, I stop and I lift up into the air right, right. and go down again and keep going. That was mine, and they left it in. Right? <laughs> and uh, so that was good. I want to talk too about Dean Jones. Um, Dean, what you saw, somebody, my friend Jan Williams said this Dean was what you saw was what you got. Mm. Dean Jones was Dean Jones. He was a sweet, nice, good guy. And um, the only quirk he had was he had a heavy beard. And so be, before every take on Blackbeard and probably in everything else he ever did, he had to go and shave. So his, his heavy, yeah, it was. And that took a lot of energy yeah. anyway. <laughs> but uh, Dean, uh, what is it they said about Jimmy Cagney? He looked you in the eye and he told the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what Dean did. And he in so- turn played so well with one of my favorite people I ever worked with, Suzanne Plichette. Mm. And please leave this in because she'd be proud of it. She had the foulest mouth in town. <laughs> That's what she's and for, huh? she, she used to kid Walt. She used to say, oh, you dirty old man, you just look at my leg. And, and nobody would do that to Walt. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, well, I can't, uh, I won't tell you what. <laughs> when I did Shaggy D.A. with Suzanne, I hadn't seen her for a few years. Oh, yeah, years. I forgot she's in that, too. I showed up, and the first thing she says is, where's your tracksuit? <laughs> <laughs> well. Because yeah. I was a cop in that, that uh, yeah. uh, at the very end, I think. And also, I'm at the door, I don't remember. Well, you mentioned Walt Disney, and when we first emailed, the, when I first emailed you, you said something to, you wrote back, and you said, well, you probably you you knew already that that was Walt's last film. I did not know that his last um, his last live action film. Yes. His life last mm-hmm. live you know, action. Film. You know that you know that the scene in the locker room where I say to everybody, "Let's go" or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, Walt was right there, mm. and uh, I was so <laughs> thinking of what I was going to do. I didn't pay that much attention to what he was doing, but Suzanne later had wrote that. She looked at him and he was, she had, she said, he had the look. You mm. could tell he was not going to make it. And he died two days later, two or three days wow. later, across the street. That's where the hospital wow. was. Wow. And that was mm. one of the sad moments. They're all sad, but, but one of the things I'll never forget, I'm walking to the gate again to get to film the track. For, we filmed the track scene in probably 10 days. I mean, it took a long, mm-hmm. maybe, mm. two, maybe two weeks, I don't remember. But I walked the first day of that, I get to the gate. And the guard is crying. 
Hmm. And he said, I don't know whether you're working today, Hank. I said, why? He said, Walt just died. And I think I sent you, Todd, the- Yes, you did. Yeah, we just went That's really cool. And, uh, wow. We knew he was sick. Um, he's, he, I didn't see this that much, but everybody said, he, you all usually saw him with a cigarette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he smoked mm-hmm. a lot. Said that. that certainly didn't help matters. Yeah. Did you feel at the time, I'm sorry, Sam, you were going to ask something, but let me finish this one. Did you feel at the time um, that you were in a really point of history? I mean, did it feel like that at that time or not? Yes and no. Uh, it also was a job, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, I was just so honored to be accepted by the Disney family so quickly. Mm. I guess I was little at that age, especially I was a little Norman Rockwellish, mm. and I fit in a lot that way, I think. Yeah. And, uh, I was blessed. I was blessed. Mm. But I wanted, you know, talking about Disney again, Walter Brennan, who was in family band. Uh, the lead, the old guy, and the, you guys, the younger guys, wouldn't remember Walter. Brown. I know, yeah. He won three Oscars for his westerns <laughs> and all that. But here's 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 a lot of the of the mentality of people who worked at Disney. Walter Brennan had won three auction Oscars. He also, on the first job I worked with him on a sitcom, I was doing a scene with him, and he stopped it, and my heart stopped. <laughs> Come here, kid, and he showed me by my looking with my right uh, the camera's over to my left by looking with my left eye this way but my right eye to him more of my face would be shown and all he cared about was me looking good mm-hmm. and you know i thought my god uh, how nice of him to do that and in family band back to family band and disney walter mr three time oscar would show up at the studio every day with his lunch pail and his thermos bottle packed by his wife. And rather than go to the commissary in the exec's dining room, he would eat with the crew. That's cool. And I'm sure there That's were exceptions cool. when he would eat the, with the executive. Mm-hmm. But this was a, this was a, this was a factory. Mm. And yeah. everybody was proud of what they did. And the more I w- would go back and work in different things there, my God, it was the same guys. Just terrific. I can't, I mean, I guess I'm gushing a bit, but I, for the happiest days of my life, um, other in professionally, other than the the Ernie Ford shows, was great too. Could you tell a difference after Disney passed away and before? Was there a cultural shift at all? Yes. Hmm. Uh, When Walt was there, remember, Walt was only there for one of my pictures, one of the eight I did. Yeah. the buck stopped there. And in the interim after he died, Bill Walsh, God bless him, was the producer. He did Mary Poppins. See, the Blackbird crew, by the way, I want to put this in, was largely the Mary Poppins crew. Yeah. Mm. yeah. He just did it right cool. after everybody had just done it. And mm. so it was that kind of a camaraderie. But mm. Bill was the guy who produced a lot of the, he was a writer, first of all, wrote a lot of the flubber stuff and, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, other things like that. And Mary Poppins with Robert Stevenson, mm. the director. And they they brought us that to, to Blackbeard. And um, I, I lost my train of thought. I mean, the cultural he shift, yeah. He was talking about the cultural shift. After Walt Oh, yeah, passed. yeah, yeah. After Walt died, Bill Walsh was the guy the buck stopped with. But gradually the committee came in. Mm-hmm. Gradually you could tell. And I was, I was a character actor. I was not, they weren't looking at me for advice. Yeah. And you could tell that decisions were not being made as easily mm. as with Walt or even with Bill. Then it was, you know, it was different. Mm. But on the other hand, the spirit of the studio and the, everybody there was still the same. It was just, yeah. I, I think everybody felt like they were orphans. Hmm. Wow. And, and look what Walt did, though. Aren't they still working in Florida or wherever on plans that he personally drew up and haven't put into p- practice yet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk, yeah. You talk about a, a mind. And well, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I want to talk to you about um, um, who else? Oh, the character people in Black- at Disney. Every time. Which I- are, there are a lot of them. We love oh, them all. They're all yeah. awesome. <laughs> Kirby rides again on that when I'm Sir Lancelot and I'm doing the drag race against that guy. The guy that starts me off is Hunts Hall, 
who was one of the dead end kids in the Bowery Boys. Oh, wow. He's only on camera for five seconds, <laughs> but that's all that counts. And in Blackbeard, you got Ned Glass. And Ned was the guy that played, I think, was it Pops or whatever in West Side Story? That oh, right, Star right, right, yeah. I mean, all these people and, and uh, everybody was good. Everybody was good, mm -hmm. culminating in the, in the leads. I mean, you got Ustinov, he was so good. And I was so flattered because you notice in Blackbeard, he does an impression of me. Oh, if you really? look at it again, he say, say, come on, boo, or something Yeah, I remember like that. that. Yeah, that, that was hilarious. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> and he was, and he, was, he was just great. He was just great. He considered himself a writer more than an actor, I think. He's mm -hmm. so proud of uh, some of the plays he wrote, Romanoff and Juliet, things like that. Huh. And uh, yeah. other characters I love to do, Wally Cox. Now you guys are all too young for Mr. Peepers, but that was one of the first right. shows. <laughs> and Wally used to be on Hollywood Squares a lot too. Mm. And he was funny, he's really funny. But Wally was a silversmith who used his acting money to buy silver to make his <laughs> craft wow wow and uh he also had a wonderful sense of um, who he was and about the bs of the business sometimes mm -hmm. sometimes people were hanging around him laughing at everything he said and i was next to him and i just heard it and he didn't say it for me but he said it for himself he said why are they laughing it's not funny <laughs> and he knew he just knew you know they were wanting something yeah, they were wanting some whatever. Well, I think but, you, um, on the show, yeah. I think one of the things that just sings is, you know, Dean Jones, I think specifically, really meshes so well with almost all the other, you know, actors, like including you. You're in one of the first scenes of the movie, you know, and, and just right off the bat, he always seems to, uh, he just he just really acts well with everyone else. And I think that's really fun. And actually, this movie stood out to me as Dean, like, he yells so much in this movie compared to some of his like, other ones. He is so know, like freaking he out. Does. He does a great job, but it's very really unique. And he's, to, so, you know. he's so real. Yeah. He's so real at it. Yeah. And when you said, and, and he's acting, I had to think about what you said because yeah, I never true. think of Dean acting. I think of him. He's mean, just natural. He's yeah. But he doesn't feel mean natural. about it. No, and totally. there's um, the only one as good at being natural as that is if you ever watch any of the old law and orders that's on all the time, Gary mm -hmm. Orbach, okay. the guy that plays the street smart detective in the first batch of episodes, is mm. just that natural. Mm. It's almost like uh, you, you, didn't, you didn't know the camera was on. Mm -hmm. I, by the mm. way, I worked, with, I worked with Henry Fonda once and um, on a show that never lasted called The Smith Family. And uh, talk of, just like Elsa, be, me, me, you always hear about prima donnas being stars. Mm -hmm. Luckily, my makeup man on the Ernie Ford show was his makeup man when I did the Smith show with, with Honda. And I walked on for makeup one morning and he looked over at me the next makeup chair and says, hi, I understand your name's Hank. I said, yes, Mr. Fonda. He said, I'm a Hank too. You call me that, we'll get along fine. But then huh. the funniest thing, well, it's like with Walter Brennan. I thought, my God, I was talking to him and I thought he did the best Walter Brennan impression I ever heard. <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> he sounded real. just like him. There's an old joke about that. Charlie Chaplin entered a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest and he came in third. <laughs> <laughs> too real for the real thing. So uh, from all the movies you've been in, especially at Blackbird's Ghost, um, I like the, the props and the sets of the movies and stuff. Yeah. Have you taken anything from any of the movies you've been that you've held near and dear to your heart? No, although I think uh, Suzanne Suzanne grabs a wardrobe. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh man. But, uh, no. Um, no jerseys or anything like that. Okay. No, but the the gang in North Carolina I told you about that watched this Blackbeard every year made me a new Gudger shirt. That's so, cool. So <laughs> nice. And I in turn sent them the silver mug that Dean Jones gave me inscribed to Hank from Dean Blackbeard. Oh, wow. 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 That's so cool. It mattered to them so much mm. you don't know when you do some of it. you know when we did all this stuff the sitcoms and movies you never it was it was a job and you said nobody's gonna pay attention to this in five years let alone 10 yeah. 20, 20 and my god thanks to cable tv and you know dvds and everything lives on we're there we we endure and i have i have people 
not as much now, but people <clears throat> would walk up to me 20 years later and start giving me the lines I said mm. you know, as Gudger. And I didn't know him wow. that well myself in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing uh, that's spooky, and I'm rattling, but the other thing that is spooky is to see yourself in something you did 30 or 40 years ago and know it's you, but you don't know what you're going to do next. <laughs> oh, wow. That was oh, my other twilight zone. Uh-huh. It's so weird. And then it also was weird when you're the last man standing. And yeah, that else would be a weird thing. Yeah, mm. that, would be that was my other question. Since we're talking about Blackbeard's ghost, how many times do you think over the years you've watched the movie? If I any, thought, maybe maybe you're one of the, the actors that doesn't like to watch the things he's in, but it sounds no, like you I'll, have. I'll so. tell you now, I, I, I'll bring you down. <laughs> uh, the DVD, no, the, the videotape of Blackbeard, which was followed by the first D, by the DVD in America. Wow. And I can't mm. use the expletive. It's terrible. They did not use the correct aspect ratio. Uh-huh. So in the early DVDs, and I think later on, when Dean and I start the movie for the first 10 minutes, we're riding in the mm-hmm. car and we do all the yeah. explanation of what's going on. You mm-hmm. got half a Hank and you got half a Dean on the screen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And so we we griped about that. I mean, and this was Walt's last movie, for God's sake. Yeah. Right. yeah. What what an insult to, to, to mm-hmm. the studio who did it. And so finally, somebody who's a fan of Blackbeard sent me the European. DVD of Blackbeard. There it was, like we saw it at the premiere. That's great. The premiere, by the way, was the Pantages Theater in 1968. And it was introduced by Jesse Owens Uh, in 1936. And in the audience at the premiere were Edward G. Robinson, Pat O'Brien. I mean, just all these wonderful old actors from the 30s and 40s. And so again, but it was a good launch pad. It was fun. That's awesome. Were the uh, premieres back then, were they similar to they are now? Did they have the red carpet and did they have crowds was, of people was, on the sides? It was, it was, no, and there was no interviews. Or, I guess there were some, maybe two or three interviews or stuff. Uh, hmm. But again, I was I was a character actor. I wasn't Mr. Yeah. Mr. Hotshot star. Sure. So uh, they would be interviewed. And uh, <laughs> I remember at the Blackbeard, my folks were proud, I will say. Oh, they, 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 fl- they flew down for the premiere. Well, first of all, they flew down for, for some of the shooting. And the day my parents happened to arrive was the only day where the only people working were Peter Ustinov and Hank Jones. And so they walked mm-hmm. on the set, and here are two chairs. Peter Ustinov on the back of that one, Hank Jones on the back of that one. <laughs> and, and, and that was a good, good it was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, we talked about the premiere. I forget. Sorry. No, nope, you're good. No, you're good. <laughs> well, one thing you mentioned, uh, you know, Bill Walsh uh, did the uh, screenplay and stuff, and and he's done a ton of the other ones as well. And and I think one of the cool things Mary about Pop- Mary Poppins, yeah, and, Mary Poppins. But I think one of the, the cool floor. things about a lot of these old ones is they kind of have some of that um, reoccurring moments, you know, like for example, the relay race that kind of happens a little bit that um, the underdog and then they win like in, you know, son of flubber or strongest man in the world or yeah, any of those. Right, exactly. Exactly. Hey, oh yeah. It's oh, literally yeah, almost <laughs> the exact, you know, Medfield instead of, you know, the other school. So never, dolphin. Listen, you never waste a good idea. Exactly. <laughs> but, steal from true. the best. Steal from yourself. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. But yes, what do you, you think? You could have been on the Medfield team or the would have been shocked. Team. You would have been They're perfect for those. strongest man. Ah. Oh. Man, <laughs> but what do you think uh, sets these movies like? What makes them special? If you think they are uh, that, there's just something about them. What do you think that is? Because uh, I think they all have it. The love. Mm-hmm. Everybody cared. Everybody was proud to do it. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew each other. Everybody was accepted. Um, unique. It was just unique. A, a unique situation mm-hmm. in time. And we all knew we were blessed. We didn't know quite how, but we were blessed. And so we we enjoyed it as much as we could and as much as we did. So I, th- I think that was the I really, if you want to boil it down, the big part of it. And we knew we were part of a legacy. We knew that Walt Disney, when people mention the name Walt Disney, they light up. Mm-hmm. They don't have to see anything. They light up. And we were mm-hmm. a part of that in, a, in a whatever small way we were. And so that, uh, that, that, really, that really made a dent in all of us. And I miss the uh, I miss the people, I miss the mm. people. Oh, you asked, do I watch it? Uh, I watch it now when I can see the full 
good European version of it. <laughs> it pissed me off no end that it looks so lousy. Yeah. And for a while there. Well, and, Disney uh, Plus, I think it's fixed. I don't think it's that version. Yes. So. I, hope, I hope so. Now, me and my wife just finished a little bit ago, and she loved it. She had never seen it before, and it looked it looked right. great. You were in great detail. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm and then glad. also, she told me, uh, my wife told me that her dad actually watched it in theaters, and he was like, I think she said he was probably 10 or 11 years old, and he watched it in theaters, which I thought that was pretty cool. Wow. But, that, is, that is neat. I, yeah. I, uh, I loved the, working with the older um, people in the business. It was mm. the silence. I mean, with Stan, Stan Laurel, he had no idea how beloved he was. And uh, one day before he died, uh, a delivery man arrived with a TV, a color TV. Nobody had color TV. And uh, Stan said, I didn't order this. And the delivery man said, well, Mr. Laurel, this, this is for you. And he opened the card that was on top and it said, dear Stan, thanks for all the laughs. I need them. Jack Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. That's so so cool. it's that kind of a that kind of a heart. And I love the old characters. I I mean I work with I was so in, in different places. I work with Peter Lorre, you know, mm-hmm. from Maltese Falcon, but with Walter Brennan, Andy Devine from Stagecoach. I mean, mm. all these great people. I knew Lillian so Gish from <laughs> W. Griffith, uh Keaton, of course. Har- I worked with Harold Lloyd and mm. Harold Lloyd backstage showed me his hand that had one of his two of his fingers had blown off in a, in a gag in a, in a wow. Stunt. Wow. and for the rest of his career he had to wear a special glove mm. to tell the mm. story about it wow. and uh so those are those i love being part of that their legacy and it it make it touches me that i can be somebody else's legacy to a much smaller yeah. degree <laughs> that is, it does oh. seem like back then it was such like a close knit community almost almost like you you knew everybody or you knew somebody who knew everybody you feel like it's changed from that i don't know i you know i the other part of of, of my stupid story is in between my acting and singing gigs my other passion in life was genealogy climbing the family tree Mm -hmm. i did it since i was eight i was just weird (laughs) (laughs) but but it saved me from waiting for the phone to ring for my agent. Mm. Yeah. In other words, in between whatever I was doing show business wise, recording wise, whatever, I would climb the family tree. Hmm. And so yeah. in 19, uh, after Cat from Outer Space, I think that Jefferson's and Cat from Outer Space was about my last thing I did acting. Uh, I decided, uh, oh, and I did a lot of commercials. But anyway, how I switched was I had just been doing a lecture nationally about genealogy across the country. I flew home and I had one message on my answering machine from my agent. And he said, can you be a dancing chicken at three o'clock? <laughs> Not many said, people get that wait, kind wait, of call. Wait, wait, wait. Tilt, 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 tilt. Maybe I don't want to do this anymore. And I did. <laughs> so ever since then, I've been writing books uh, and uh, have about 10 books out. And, and awesome. I'm the past president of the American Society of Genealogists. And there are only wow. 50 books in the world. So that's, that's my other life. Yeah. And I'm very proud of it. And I have, I'm just as passionate about that. That's very but nice. it also is a lesson to somebody, two lessons to, uh, to uh, uh, up and coming actors. I always give, um, have other passions. Mm-hmm. And the other lesson is don't go buy your yacht too early. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I think a lot of people forget yeah. that one. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Hank, I'm going to ask all these guys, my sons, if they have any last burning question. And then, which is often our custom, we have a dad quiz at the end. You're welcome to hang and listen, or you might even have an answer. We'll see if you have a great Disney trivia. Um, But guys, do you have any other questions? No, I mean, I think yeah, uh, go for it. I got one. It's not a very good question, but my dream one day would be like a set designer. So whenever there's an old Disney movie with a really cool, you know, set or building, did it feel like, did the Blackbeard's ghost in? Did it feel big? Did it feel old? Did it feel like two ships put together? Cause I think they say that in the movie or something like that, but it, did it feel like a big set, you know? Oh, it did. That, that end was a big set and the track scene was a big, mm. big, yeah. big set. Yeah, you knew you weren't, uh, you weren't in Podunk, uh, Utah or someplace. You were, you, were, you, were in the big, you were in the big leagues. However, when you looked at the top of the big set, well, wait a minute, it stopped all of a sudden right here. It's like, yeah. I just saw Blazing Saddles last night and it was the phony tell town that they blew up. Yeah. You know, yeah. realized it's not real. 
but yeah, that, that you, you, the big nothing can beat a big set. Yeah, and they I'm just like, tear those down then afterwards, way, right? Good luck with that. Good, good luck with yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I, I, good for you. You know, okay. I can tell by the way you asked the question, you got the passion for that. So yeah, I do. You'll sure. always regret it if you don't give it a shot. I know. Yeah, I'll do work it. towards it. Do it. Okay, I here's know. our quiz. Okay. Because Gudger is probably the most unique name I've ever heard. In fact, I'm kind of thinking, hoping I'll get a grandchild now named Gudger. Hey, it's uh, on our list now. <laughs> um, but, you know, there are a lot of other Disney names that are kind of unique names. So I'm going to name gonna the tough. name. And you're going to try to guess my voice. And again, all uh, of us you can, collectively. You can, if you know, you can tell us. Uh, but they're hard. So I, I picked some easier ones to begin with. So here's the first one. Tell me the name of the character who would, this is an easier one, was, his name was Moochie. So Moochie. we're telling you the actual You're going to tell actor. me the name. You don't have to tell me the actor. You can just tell me the name of the movie. It was, of course, a Disney movie right around that same era as uh, Blackbeard's Ghost. I knew, I knew Moochie. <laughs> Did you know him? Oh, yeah. How yeah, do you say his last older. name? He was old. Uh, Kevin Cochran? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know how you pronounced it. So that you're going to be my authority on that. Well, that's, uh, that's the end of my being authority. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. The ad, you're you're on the right track, though. Hank's got it. Okay, how about this one? This is a harder one. His first name was Canoe. Canoe Henderson. Uh, and I just watched I this a few, about a week ago. This is going to be really um, tough, though. I won't take I won't take a lot of time. Yeah. So the next one is Skyler. Do you know where he would be from? Did yeah. I do a movie with the Skyler? I don't think so. That's not Barefoot Executive or uh, no. I don't know. I don't know if he was in the Barefoot Executive. Well, I mean, we'll say it you're, in a second. You're you mean, the, you mean the, the character name was the Skyler? character's name is Skyler. Yes, the character's yeah. name was Skyler. Okay. You're the close, next though, one. In that area. You're close. You're close. The next one. Uh, this is a girl, just to, as a hint, but they called her Cordy. Cordy. Man, that was short hard. for something else. Uh, Out of context, uh, it's just like, oh, man. <laughs> this, this next hard. one you'll get. The next one was Wilby. Okay. You will know that one. Um, and then how about this one? This is a great... Oh, I almost gave you a clue. Um, <laughs> but I won't give you this. Uh how about hoodoo? I know my boys will all know this one. Hoodoo. This is a hard one. I do, but I... Oh, you know this one, Ben. Come I on, thank Oh, no. Wait. Well, we're all doing the same face, so I'm... I'm yeah, I like we're okay, all okay. I know one what it more. Is. One more. And this, like I said, these are all unique first names. This guy's name was Tennessee. Hmm. Yeah, these are hard. I know they are. These are hard. <laughs> okay, Kept well, you already comments. know. Uh, we'll go back, and you guys can see how you did. Uh, of course, we know uh, Moochie was. I mean, it is Kevin Corcoran. I thought he was in as, two movies uh, that he had that name, but he I, was I, in I, several movies as Moochie. Oh, it's uh, Shaggy Dog. Or Shaggy, Shaggy Dog is correct. Yeah, Here's yeah, a bonus yeah. question: um, If you can say the name of his character that he played in Swiss Family Robinson, uh, uh, France, right? You're close, Francis. Uh, Francis, that's Francis. what I said. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, I love Sister Robinson. Uh, Canoe. That's a, that's a really. Hard I have no, I idea. no idea. Okay, he was in that darn cat. He uh, was kind of actually. He was kind of the. Almost all these weird names are the gudgers of the of the film. <laughs> that, you know, you could have played that part, Hank. I mean, it would have been a perfect part for you. May I just interject that in Cat from Outer Space, we had I think thirteen cats playing one cat, and each cat wow. could do a certain thing. Huh. That's really <laughs> all died to look the same. Okay, that's next really question. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> Uh, how about Skyler? I think that's strongest man. Strongest, right? man. strongest man. In the world. That's what yes. I thought too. Oh, yeah. He was a Medfield guy. Yeah. He was kind of uh, uh, Kurt Douglas's, or not Kurt Douglas. Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's. He was Kurt Russell's kind of best friend. Which was uh, he was in the sequel too, wasn't he? Yes, Which he was. Was. Was, that, was that Mike? Michael. Um, I, I don't know his right. name. You probably know all. He worked with names. Kurt a lot anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. How about Cordy? This is a hard one. Uh, it was a girl. I think it was short for Cordelia. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. She was uh, uh, Leslie Ann Warren in The Happiest Millionaire. Do you remember? Yeah. I've seen that one once. So I she was in Family Band. 
She was in the Family Man with yeah. uh, John Davidson. Oh, uh, John. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how about uh, Wilby? I want to say Pollyanna, but that I don't was know. also Shaggy Dog, wasn't wrong. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's Tommy Kirk? Tommy Kirk. Tommy Kirk. Tommy was in Village of the Giants. Yeah, I love Tommy. He's one of my favorites yeah, from back in the day. Like, um, he, he just passed like, away a couple yeah. years ago. We heard that. Okay, Hoodoo. Do you know who Hoodoo is? I should. Follow me, boys. Follow me, boys. That's right. Love uh, I guess, and I, when I think the follow me boys because the Blackbeard, uh, the TV announcer, which is uh, what, what Elliot is, Reed, yeah, Elliot Reed, he's yes. in Follow Me yeah. Boys very prominently, and I always think of and me in boys him. Absent-minded Professor, right? He's yeah. Yeah. Like everything. Yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> he's great. Too. He's always that same character. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last one was Tennessee. You Love remember? Bug, right? Uh, Yes, that oh, yeah. was very good. Oh yeah, that was Buddy Hackett's uh, character. Buddy Hackett, Buddy Hackett. Oh. Yeah. So how did you guys amazing. do? That was how rough. did you do, Ben? I did terrible. Uh, I think I got like four <laughs> out of them. Mike, oh. I think I got zero. <laughs> oh man, Sam, <laughs> told you. You got three. I had three. Wow. Oh, okay. Man. Well, I'm sorry. I, they were hard. They were hard. <laughs> they I was trying hard. to come up with some quiz. That was a good well, quiz though. Hank, I can't tell you how pleased we were with this time. I mean. Because whenever you know, whenever you interview anybody, you just don't know how it's gonna go. This was so much fun. This is and, awesome. And and really, on behalf of the Wilson family, which there are more kids than this, um, there are Large. four more children. Uh, and on behalf of our grandchildren, I mean, we will watch Blackbeard's Ghost, and we will watch these other wonderful, great Disney movies that you're a part of, and and really, they are wonderful films that will continue to to entertain really not just entertain entertain feels like it's something we watch we really went to you know the godolphin track meet we went together as a family and uh as a dad i i just thank you for for doing that and thank you for being a part of this show today well thank you 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 all you touched me greatly and i appreciate each and every one of you you you, you made my night and i thank you wow. well thank you for being on the show Okay. You want to close this out, Ben? Sure. Well, we will be back next week. It's going to be much, much, not even close to as good as this this episode. <laughs> yeah. This may be a peak for us for a long time. So. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There that you go. That'll be that our one. end. So we'll be back next week, and we'll see you real soon. For who are so free as the sons of the waves? Hearts of all our ships, jolly sons of the men, we always are ready, steady.